whistleblower report exposing lies deceptions and all that has assaulted our way of life we must take back our freedom and live as god designed in a free america that honors our constitution and our creator our experts in medicine, ministry, law, military, environment, and education empower us to grow together as a nation. For such a time as this, the Whistleblower Report offers truth and solutions. Good morning, everybody. This is uh, Major Mike Gary, your host for today's Faith segment on the Whistleblower Report. And uh, I'm kind of excited about this report today. It's going to be uh, really interesting because I'm going to compare and contrast current events with uh, the, the biblical record. And a lot of that biblical record is going to come out of Matthew 28. Um, so I want to thank... Uh, the Truth for Health Foundation donors out there that have helped with all the legal uh, help provide funds for all these legal recipients that we've helped over the last couple of years. Uh, your donations have come in very timely and we thank you for that. And uh, if you can continue to support us, we're going to lay out some really good programs coming up, uh, especially with the Faith Over Fear seminars as we're going to go into uh possible treatments for turbo cancers and uh, you know damage on the body's different body systems and we're going to address those Dr. Vliet's going to address those and give you helpful uh, solutions or at least a path to look into because uh, today's current doctors are not giving you any hope and uh, hope is desperately needed out there for all the harm that has been caused over the last three years of COVID mandates and now looking into all these other things like possible World War III type events. So anyway, we've got a good lineup of Faith Over Fear and our Truth Project. Many of you have probably been a part of that Truth Project. Uh, it's been outstanding and awesome. Again, very timely with the uh, Dr. Del Tackett's messages on addressing uh, what is truth. You know, and how does that relate to our time? It was almost like he made those early 2000s and they're meant for now because it's foundational. What's happening in our country is foundational. A lot of us have moved away from Christ or the foundation of um, of the, the biblical record into our constitution and moved away from that. And it's so obvious because everything goes now almost. It's almost total anarchy in some of these big blue cities. Anyway, uh, moving on to uh, today, I am going to discuss a few military topics and where I still have a one foot kind of in the military. I'm going to uh, give myself the disclaimer here. I am not a representative of the Department of Defense. I am representing my own opinions and my own thoughts today. OK, so there that relieves me of any representation, misrepresentation, or misunderstanding. I am not operating in military capacity, although I do have 25 years of service, and the last 15 of it was in the Seaburn field, Chem, Biorad, Nuclear, as most of you already know that. So 
uh, looking at today's agenda for the show, I would like to kind of open quickly in a brief prayer. And dear Heavenly Father, we just uh, we pray for your enlightenment and wisdom during the show. I hope this these words of mine and you know this uh, program that I've put together can actually be helpful and maybe point some people in the right direction, Lord. So I pray that you work through my efforts, uh, and I hope that ultimately they are helpful, but they lead to peace coming up and and a moving of our country back towards you. That's ultimately what I want, Lord. And I just pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay. I'm going to start with probably a verse that I've used several times uh, before. It's Ecclesiastes 1.9. And I've got the New King James Version here. Most, most of what I do is New King James, just to kind of in the middle. And this is verse 9. It says, that which has been is what will be. That which is done is what will be done. And there's nothing new under the sun. So there's nothing new under the sun. That's my point here. And as I open with this uh, key set of verses here, I am looking at calling this program the ultimate conspiracy theory and kind of comparing and contrasting uh, the biblical conspiracy which I'm going to read these verses here and you'll know what I'm saying in a second with what we're seeing today. Okay. We see a lot of people called conspiracy theorists and over time, like six months in a couple months, sometimes weeks. Now these so-called conspiracy theorists are right. And they're really not conspiracy theorists. They're just people that are dug deep into the details and the information and have discovered patterns and have dug out nuggets of truth. And really what I want to call them is truth tellers. But so that's what I'm kind of comparing and contrasting today. So let me read the key verses that are going to guide this program. It's going to be out of Matthew 28. And the title that I got on this is is called the, for these set of verses is, um, this is not inspired, but the soldiers are bribed. Okay. So this is starting with Matthew 28, 11 through 15 okay so this will serve as this program's uh, foundational um uh building block now while they were going behold some of the guards came into the city and reported to the chief priests all the things that had happened when they had assembled with the elders and consulted together they gave a large sum of money to the soldiers saying tell them his disciples came at night and stole him away while we slept and if he and if this comes to the governor's ears we will appease him and make you secure so they took the money and did as they were instructed and this saying is commonly reported among the jews until this day okay so what do we find here in these scriptures we find that the authorities which is going to be the pharisees and the sadducees in the Sanhedrin, they all hatched this plan about the disappearance of Jesus' body in the tomb. Okay, so we have an empty tomb, the body is gone, and in order to cover up the resurrected Messiah, they have to hatch this uh, this lie. Okay, so this conspiracy, 
and here's their conspiracy theory okay instead of uh the disciples and the the women the marys finding the empty tomb and being called conspiracy theorists by the pharisees the this is the actual one okay this is the false this is the mis and disinformation here and this is where i'm going to kind of bring this program so for the first half I am going to talk about some current events and so you you know kind of drawing that contrast to right now you know current lies thing lies that are coming down being broken down with the truth okay and then in the second half of the program after the break I'm going to go into uh more scripture and it'll be more scriptural based so we can actually lay out these things and hopefully in this, this may, you know, uh, open some doors for some people that have some similar situations to myself, or uh, maybe it helps you actually d- discuss and talk with people who don't believe, for example, believe that uh, the January 6th was a false flag event, that uh, the election was stolen, uh, you know, the COVID mandates, maybe there's still a few holdouts there that believe that the mandates were a good thing. So maybe this helps uh, talk so- on some of those big discussions. And I, I just find it funny as I'm recording this on the 7th of November of 2023, the Ray Epps story in the January 6th tapes actually making its way over to Glenn Beck in the, the blaze. So some people are going to have to deal with the fact that they're 180 degrees wrong on this. So it's going to be very interesting. And you probably can hear that I'm kind of snickering and laughing a little bit because here we are. Finally, the truth is going to come out and it's going to be revolutionary in some people's minds. Okay. So the key players to kind of highlight, you know, uh, what we're dealing with here is we have uh, Jesus, John the Baptist. Remember, these would have been uh, possibly, uh, you know, conceived to be conspiracy theorists by the Pharisees, right? These people would have been spreading myths and disinformation, you know, John the Baptist first and then Jesus. Okay, so kind of this is how I'm going to kind of take this program, right? And then obviously the kind of the final piece of this after christ is crucified and risen is the women at the grave and of course (laughs) by the biblical record we know the pharisees are the ones that actually made the story up so really what we got is everybody pointing their finger at each other trying to say you're lying so you know it's kind of funny and then we're trying to decide which side is telling the truth And it's very murky, muddy waters nowadays trying to find, sift through and find out what is truth, you know? So, and currently what we have is this term called conspiracy theorists, right? Which which the authorities of our day try to play this off as this weird tinfoil hat group that are liars. Really, that's what they're trying to, it's kind of like a woke, nice way of saying liars, excuse me and uh so let's define conspiracy theories you know just so we're all talking apples to apples a theory that explains an event or set of circumstances as the result of a secret plot by usually powerful conspirators right 
Okay. And then uh, also it says here, and this is out of the Webster Dictionary, a theory is certain that a secret of great importance is being kept from the public, right? And so this is where a lot of us are very skeptical and pessimistic about our authorities nowadays, right? Well, well, don't we have cause to be? I mean, hasn't like six months later, a lot of truth come out about a certain topic proving 108, uh, you know, not slightly wrong, but 180 degrees wrong that these specific mandates were way off they did harm, not good. So they did the exact opposite of what they were supposed to, right? We're seeing a lot of that, okay? So this is where Matthew 28 is just, I thought, needed to be discussed in a way because here you have the religious political order, and uh, I've been in arguments with other so-called Christians about the the uh, order of the Pharisees, whether they were political or not. Of course they were political. They went back and forth between the people and the Roman occupiers. Of course, there's politics playing along. They weren't just religious leaders, okay? They weren't just religious legalists. They actually played back and forth. How do we know this? Well, if you believe the Bible, <laughs> they, paid the, they paid the guard on the tomb, right? That's a very political thing to do to keep their storyline going to keep their lie moving forward so so definitely the political wins weighed in their decision making i guess is what i'm trying to point out is if your decisions are based off public you know opinions or, or perceptions that may not be true but you weigh that as a is a heavy thing, then you are political, okay? And there's no way around it. And and probably most pastors have to, you know, fall into this category to some degree, you know, just because I, that's human nature. However, if you're a Bible believing Christian, you're supposed to move out of that and move towards truth. Because what did Christ come? Why did he come? He came to testify about the truth. And as Christ followers and accepting of his image, we should move closer to him and be more like him. And certainly telling the truth or get or to the best of our ability to do that is a very important thing. Okay, so uh, we just talked, what is a conspiracy theorist, right? And then I wanted to just share this verse out of Matthew 24, 24. A lot of people talking about Matthew 24 right now. I just wanted to share this uh, for false Christs and false prophets will rise and show great signs and wonders to deceive, if possible, even the elect. OK, so just keep this in mind. Right. So the, we're kind of in this time of unfettered lies. I mean, there's just lies coming, people mocking this and that or repeating this and that all over the place. So it's hard to sift through. And I see this particularly in the older generations of, of uh, people in our country right now, which I would kind of, just to generalize and stereotype here, I would say like, you know, baby boomers and up or older Gen X and up. I would say those people who grew up with a TV, cable, mainstream media, these people may be having a more difficult time sifting through information. And it is something that kind of weighs heavy on my heart because I can see they don't understand how much their America has changed. 
And in some ways, if they're stuck in their own little world, they don't see all the change that's happened around them. Uh, one thing that has woke up this group of people, and again, I was married very much generalizing because it could be up and down the generations uh, that are alive right now, but but is the transgenderism, you know, uh, when you turn a male into a female and vice versa, this is drastic. It's a drastic thing. It's hard to avoid. So it's a very simple thing to see. And it's easy for, you know, somebody like me and probably others to point it out, say, how do we get here? So how did all of a sudden this happen? You know, you've denied all these other little steps, but all of a sudden now we're changing boys into girls. So I find that as an easy thing to say, well, no, there was many steps to get get to that point. So what I want to share, okay, and I haven't been able to do this, and this is very rewarding for me, okay? So you guys are going to get an inside look here at the military, and I'm going to share my Gomar, as it's called. A Gomar is a general officer memorandum uh, of reprimand, okay? And uh, just a second, I'm sliding it out here. I have it over in a file and I'm grabbing it. So this dates, this dates back to 21 March of 2022. This is, this would be the, the final touches really, I guess, on my career. It's seeming to, I'm, I, I don't, it doesn't look like I'm overcoming it. So it's pretty much uh, uh, of the 25 years I got, it's, you know, even though I did everything good and I excel, excelled in everything, high grades and everything, uh, you know, set up training events, ran things. I mean, you know, just great service, right? Well, I, I'm ending with this note here, okay? I can't seem to overcome it right now anyway. I still hold out hope that things will change, but... Uh, for many of you out there, uh, some of us more senior guys that were during this mandate time, we can't seem to overcome uh, the damage that was done on our careers for not getting the shot. Okay. And uh, the, the the persecution continues because everybody's under the, you know, uh, the thought process or the group think uh, that it's okay to continue to do this to these people. Oh, they were really bad for not following this legal order, which we know in this crowd, if you're following us, it wasn't legal. Okay. So anyway, I'm going to read this letter of reprimand. It says, Major Gary, this letter is a formal administration, uh, administrative reprimand under AR 600-37. It is not imposed as punishment under Article 15 UCMJ or Article 415A MCMJ. Okay, paragraph two and AR fifteen six, uh, excuse me, AR fifteen six investigation dated ten December of twenty twenty one, found that you violated multiple provisions of AR six hundred twenty along with DODI thirteen twenty five TAC zero six. Specifically, you failed to support your commander, and failed to execute lawful orders. For instance, you publicly undermined the command's messaging regarding the COVID-19 vaccination effort. You violated the Army Harassment Prevention and Response Program by bullying, bullying members of your unit who were considering or had recently received COVID-19 vaccinations. As the deputy commander of the CST, Civil Support Team, that hazmat response team, you were in a position of trust and leadership. You breached 
the command's trust by undermining the commander's messages related to the COVID-19 vaccine by waiting for him to leave before presenting contradictory messaging. You failed as a leader by undermining your commander and the unit's good order and discipline. This is unacceptable from a field-grade officer in the main Army National Guard. Subjecting your subordinates to various conspiracy theories and experiments surround the COVID-19 vaccine is not only a violation of Army bullying regulations, but is a clear violation of your role as a leader. You are oath-bound to support and execute the official policies of your chain of command. If officers were allowed to override command directives with personal viewpoints, chaos would soon ensue throughout the ranks. We cannot allow that kind of conduct to continue, and your soldiers deserve better. You are hereby reprimanded. And that's it. You know, I'm reprimanded. Boom. There's my career gone. I am enclosing a copy of the record upon which the reprimand is based. You have the right under AR 600-37, paragraph 3-2, to provide written comments concerning this matter, which I did. Again, they went to the same group of people that made the same decision, so there's no way. Uh, pursuant uh, to AR 600-37, paragraph 3-7, you will acknowledge this memorandum, submit your comments, if any, no later in 30 days. Your reply and the recommendation of your chain of command will be considered in determining where to file this reprimand. And they filed it permanently. Okay. So that, you know, it's a permanent destruction of my career. And this was a FOIA request. So I can release it now open to the public. Uh, and of course, of course, certain names are scrubbed, redacted off it. But anyway, so that's what they've been doing to some of our more senior people. They've even done it to some of the lower enlisted people. They've really destroyed them and continued to persecute them. So anyway, the what I will point out here is I was directly called uh, in a passive way a conspiracy theorist because I subjected my uh, soldiers to conspiracy theories. <laughs> so that's what... I wanted to share with you is as uh, they called me a bully and called me a conspiracy theorist in a passive way. Okay. But what we know now is I was a hundred percent right. And where I was a bully is I discovered one of the service members, uh, uh, injection sites was magnetic. So that was the experiment, right? And of course I was in a hazmat unit with a lot of detectors chemical and biological and radiological detectors. Okay. It's, it's not these, they call them experiments using our detectors. That's not, that's just what we did as a uh, unit. We, we would obviously use our detection gear to uh, uh, understand the presence of certain things in the air or certain substances on, uh, you know, tabletops or whatever, wherever they were. Right. That's what we do. Okay. So it was not unusual to use a magnet see if this magnet theory thing going on the internet was real it just the guy gave uh the person gave me permission uh asked a couple times just to make sure and the magnet stuck so i became a bully for finding out so just so you guys know i said this ain't right and i told the chain of command instead of punishing me you should actually be checking the lot for contamination because something ain't right there and uh you know, we know now, right, that it was an emergency use authorization, uh, FDA approved product never came out. And we know the vials are contaminated with many, many things. So I'm hopeful that, uh, you know, someday I can bring a lawsuit with uh, 
uh, discovering contamination. And I was not a bully. I've never been a bully. It's funny. Even the guy said I was a, a good officer uh, in his testimony. And so did all the other people they had testify against me said, Major Gary's a good officer. We generally think he really cares about everybody. And that's the truth. So there's a real world example. Now, the funny thing is with these conspiracies, right? So I, in, in uh, another thing, the good general in there, <laughs> good, uh, said was that I'm oath bound to follow officers. Well, actually, I'm oath bound to follow the Constitution and the laws there under. Okay. Not whatever he says, which was an illegal order. Okay. So with that, I wanted to share. I wanted to share uh, this Gateway Pundit, and it'll be in the links. I think probably a lot of you are aware of this. It's called, um, it's a Rasmussen poll that came out. And the title on this Gateway Pundit is called Killer Jab. Nearly a quarter of Americans say they know someone who died from the COVID shot. So this is a recent Rasmussen poll that came out, or survey rather. A, a recent survey has revealed that nearly a quarter of Americans believe someone they knew succumbed to side effects from the COVID-19 vaccine. This revelation comes from the latest Rasmussen reports, uh, National Telephone and Online Survey. The survey was conducted October 26 and 29 through 30, 2023. So it's very recent. Rasmussen reports with a simple size of 1,110 American adults. The survey found that 24% of American adults claim to know someone personally who died due to the side effects of the COVID-19 vaccine. In contrast, a significant 69% of respondents stated that they don't know anyone who died from being vaccinated against the virus. Okay, so what's moving on here? I have to flip the page. Uh, furthermore, the survey delved into the potential uh, legal ramifications of these beliefs. A notable 42% of respondents expressed that they would likely join a major class action lawsuit against Big Pharma if one were to file a lawsuit concerning vaccine side effects. This includes 24% who said it's very likely they'd join such a lawsuit okay would likely and very likely so 24 and 42 on the other hand 47 of those surveyed aren't likely to join a class action lawsuit so there's your you know your get along to go along crowd which tend to fall in the liberal democrat uh rhino type people uh not to say that's any of you okay i'm not trying to create more division here but the lawsuit against vaccine makers with 25 percent stating it's not at all likely they would participate and then 11 percent remain uncertain okay that's all i'm going to read for that i think i think we know now almost just under 50 percent of americans would join a class action lawsuit now i mean that's pretty that's got to be pretty alarming for anybody that was in uh was in any type of authority role forcing this thing on others right and uh, just to uh, do i know somebody let me let me participate in the poll and you guys can with yourselves uh do do i know somebody who died from the shot well yes i do i call him my great nephew didn't know him very well but so this was my older half sister her grandson uh he was 16 almost 17 two weeks shy of 17 guess what he, he got the booster, and within a day or two, uh, he didn't wake up, died in the middle of the night, almost 17. 
Wow, that's just a common thing now, according to the Pharisees of the day, which is your mainstream media. Okay, folks, there's some very rewarding information for me and some others that were so, you know, financially hurt or lost their jobs during this time. Uh, I do believe we have to dealing this truth and finally to correct this thing. So uh, we'll we're going to take a break here in a couple minutes. But before I do that, I just want to I just want to say for the you know foundation supporters and those who give donations, we thank you very much. We appreciate it. Go to our website, www.truthforhealth.org. That's truth, F-O-R, health.org. Check out our resources, our COVID treatment guides, and our COVID vaccine injury treatment guide. Also, check out our Faith Over Fear seminars, like I've said. Okay, we will be back right after the break. Check out the new Truth For Health store at truthforhealthstore.com. We have exclusive professional formulas with exciting new products, including True Mitochondrial Boost that can help improve your energy, memory, focus, and concentration. All of our products are manufactured in certified compliant facility using good manufacturing Practices approved and inspected by the FDA. Check us out, www.truthforhealthstore.com. Welcome back to the second half of the show. And of course, this is a faith segment on your whistleblower report. And I'm Mike Gary. Major Mike Gary, City Burn Officer, 25 years. And uh, we just thank our donors and anybody that participates in our Truth Project and our Faith Over Fear seminars. We appreciate the uh, crowd of support that we have. And certainly, don't forget to check out um, our website, www.truthforhealth.org. Okay, so before the break, I highlighted a couple of very interesting uh, current events, right? Where people were called conspiracy theorists and eventually the truth came out and has, or, or is still actively coming out and proving those people correct. And that's the basis of our uh, scriptures that we're going to read today for today's faith uh, report, which is out of Matthew 28, right? So hopefully those were real world examples, one of them being mine. And then, of course, the American public, their opinion is changing on these things as they wake up slowly to reality. What is truth? Truth is reality. And a lot of people haven't been living in reality. They've been turning their heads at the poor and the needy, right? Uh, as this country kind of falls apart, we're, we're, instead of having a middle class, we're having a, you know, a, a huge low-income poor group, and more and more people are joining this all the time. They say that Americans' uh, credit card debt is one trillion dollars. So, so what does this mean? It must mean 
that Americans are taking on credit card debt to just survive, buy groceries, make car payments. I mean, is this what's going on? I, I have a suspicion it is what's going on. Uh, so, I I mean, it's just looking. Uh, well, anyway, I guess that adds to what I was saying is just the the poor class, the lower class is getting bigger and bigger. And we have this elite class. There's no middle class anymore. Right. So reality. This is reality is starting to set in. Truth is starting to set in with how bad things are, you know, and I use the example uh, in on the other side of the break of, you know, boys turning into girls and girls turning into boys and, and you know, create, doing those surgeries and actually poisoning the body. Uh, so it's to, to make those things happen. This That's how depraved we've become. Okay, and these are our authorities pushing it. So anyway, the the difference between the people and the authorities, you know, in so many realms of the so many realms, whether it's, you know, government, business, political uh, churches, uh, other religious places, the authorities seem to be corrupted or weak. All right. You can't have weak leadership. And it leads to these things. So anyway, uh, let's get into Matthew 28. Just kind of summarizing again how we're here and why. Okay, I'm, this time I'm going to read uh, the complete chapter here. And then it will lead into uh, 11 through 15, which I read on the other side of the break. Okay, so let's go. So it's entitled, Jesus has risen. Matthew 28, starting verse 1. After the Sabbath, at dawn on the first day of the week mary magdalene and the other mary went to look at the tomb there was a violent earthquake for an angel of the lord had come down from heaven and going to the tomb rolled back the stone and sat on it his appearance was like lightning and his clothes were like white as snow the guards were so afraid of him that they shook and became like dead men the angel said to the woman do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here. He has risen. Just as he said, come and see the place where he lay. and Then go quickly and tell his disciples he has risen from the dead and is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him. Now I have told you. So the women hurried away from the tomb, afraid, yet filled with joy, and ran to tell his disciples. Suddenly, Jesus met them. Greet, greetings, he said. They came to him, clasped his feet, and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee. There they will see me. And here's uh, verse 11 through 15. While the women were on their way, some of the guards went into the city and reported to the chief priests everything that had happened. When the chief priests had met with the elders and devised a plan, they gave the soldiers a large sum of money, telling them, you are, you are to say his disciples came during the night and stole him away while we were asleep. If this report gets to the governor, we will satisfy him and keep you out of trouble. So the soldiers took the money and did as they were instructed. And they, and this story has been widely circulated among the Jews to this very day. Okay, so the empty tomb is a problem for the authorities, 
because it meets all these prophecies about the Messiah to rise, right? And uh, that Jesus is the Messiah, which is a problem to them because they're on the wrong side of it as they crucified him. Okay, so naturally they had to hatch a lie, a conspiracy, a conspiracy theory, right, to to cover all this up. And we see it in the Pharisees bribing the guards and then telling them, we'll make sure. So here's the political nature and political piece of it. We'll, we'll pacify the governor and make sure that he doesn't put you to death, right? Because if, if a Roman soldier was to mess up his guard duty, possible death put to death, right, for failing that mission. So it was a very serious thing. These soldiers should, would have been scared both ways, seeing the angel and the empty tomb, and from what the, the man is going to do, the governor, Pontius Pilate, when he discovers that they failed on their duty. So naturally, the Pharisees hatch this plan uh, to, to that way they can't be taken out of their role as the religious authority. Because that's what Jesus challenged. Okay, so I'm going to read something else here. Um, and if you've seen it, The Passion of the Christ by Mel Gibson, why I love that movie is it really shows how bad Jesus' body was beaten. And as you read, you know, as you read scripture, you you become more and more aware, especially the medical information, the medical data around what happened on hanging on the cross, but also the beating, scourging before the cross. You start to realize how bad Christ's body was beaten, how bad he was, um, just because of certain things, medical things that couldn't be unless he had extreme blood loss. So one of these theories to explain... Uh, the empty tomb is the swoon theory. So I have um, pulled this story off the, or this, this explanation off the internet, and I'll give you a link down below. It's, it's called the swoon theory. What is, is it? Did Jesus survive his crucifixion? Compellingtruth.org. Okay. So the swoon theory is the suggestion that Jesus did not die on the cross, but merely passed out or swooned. At some point afterwards, Jesus then became conscious in the tomb and found a way to escape. Did Jesus really survive the crucifixion? Several lines of evidence show the unworthy merit of the swoon theory. First, Jesus had six-inch spikes driven into his feet and his hands and was placed on a cross where his body would hang until he would no longer pull himself up to breathe, right? And that's the thing about crucifixion. You actually suffocate. So you're in a period of constantly pushing yourself up because you're hanging by your your shoulders and chest which work against your lungs so you're in hours of pushing up and down just to breathe think about think about that um he would have eventually bled to death okay second his side was pierced and blood and water flowed that's john 1934 this was likely a reference to the spear piercing the heart of jesus and a mix of blood and watery serum poured out a clear confirmation of his death so that's the periocardium right and that's where all the fluids would be pulled to save the the core of the body or the heart at that moment right and as we know a lot of people myocarditis periocarditis right so that's the periocardium 
uh, where that water and blood flowed out of. Third, his Roman executioners did not break his legs because they saw he had already died. That's John 19.33. As professional executioners who would themselves face death if they'd made a mistake in this matter, right? These men would have made certain Jesus was dead. They didn't fail. They, they were going to make sure. Uh, and again, same with the stone. They were going to make sure, except it was a divine thing that made sure it went the other way. So fourth, Pilate confirmed the death before allowing burial. Uh, he would not have allowed an error in this matter. The stakes were very high and, and public. So Mark 15, 44 through 45. Fifth, Jesus was embalmed in about in about 75 pounds of spices and wrapped in bandages. That's John 19, 39. Someone who had passed out would not have been able to endure such treatment and still to survive, right? See, these all these little things that people don't understand when you bury somebody, that alone would probably kill you, right? Or wouldn't make things any better for you, okay? So there's all these things, these details, which people are called conspiracy theorists, for digging into the details, right? Which really means people who care and dig deeper for the knowledge and wisdom in such stories. Now, six, Jesus was sealed in a tomb behind a large rock that likely weighed about 2,000 pounds, so about a ton. There was no possibility he could have physically moved the stone on his own, right? Seventh, a team of Roman soldiers guarded the tomb, even if Jesus could have revived and moved the heavy stone how could he have escaped their power? Eight, at his resurrection appearances, the disciples did not see Jesus as a bloody injured man in need of medical attention. Instead, they were overjoyed. Jesus showed them the scars on his feet and hands and his in, yeah, not his infected wounds. Yeah. In 1986, medical authorities examined the death accounts of Jesus and determined clearly the weight of historical evidence indicates that Jesus was dead before the wound uh, to his side was inflicted and supports the traditional view that the spear thrust between his right rib probably perforated not only the right lung, but also the periocardium and heart and thereby ensured his death accordingly. Interpretations based on this assumption that Jesus did not die on the cross appear to be at odds with modern medical knowledge, right? Okay, so the swoon theory is not only unlikely, it is simply impossible based on the available information. Jesus did not pass out on the cross. He died. Therefore, his appearances after his death are clear evidence of a physical bodily resurrection. Okay, so with this, you know, the Pharisees hatched their conspiracy, their lie, okay, conspiracy theory which was um, that his disciples came and grabbed him, right? They moved the rock, they grabbed him, therefore an empty tomb. And then in the swoon theory, <laughs> this is a modern theory of the book, come, about the time evolution came out, is that he was still alive. And obviously, it only takes one man to examine the other before you find a fool, okay? And this this is a totally foolish theory. I first learned about this in... Um, Lee Strobel's book, The Case for Christ. And um, what's interesting here, uh, you know, this the whole book is really good because he's an atheist trying to discredit the Bible. And in fact, as he digs in, right, like 
like what the authorities call a modern day conspiracy theorist, when he starts to dig in, <laughs> he discovers that the truth is on the biblical record and it's solid from so many different directions. And you can't argue it by the time you come out with it, right? And here's um, well, just one little paragraph from The Case for Christ, because this book really did enlighten me in a lot of ways. Not, not that I didn't have faith, but it just gave me such good detail, which I, I have used, uh, you know, to further my knowledge on so many things. So this is on page 240 in my book and sent, um, it's out of chapter 12, the evidence of the missing body. And just a quick paragraph says the Jews proposed the ridiculous story that's in Matthew 28, that the guards had fallen asleep. Obviously they were grasping at straws. But the point is this, they started with the assumption that the tomb was vacant. Why? Why? Because they knew it was. So what's the other possibility? That God is real, he's outside of time and space, and that the resurrection is real. That's the other strong possibility. If you couldn't fabricate a reason then there still lies open the empty tomb and the resurrections in the realm of possibilities. And once you really start digging in, you find out that that's the only thing. So who are the original conspiracy theorists, according to the Pharisees and the, the, which is the mainstream media of the day. Okay. That's the comparison. I want you to be thinking here. So who are the, who do they call conspiracy theorists, right? Well, John the Baptist, okay? So I have a lot of information on John the Baptist, and I can see that I'm not going to be able to get into all of it, but we're going to review a few things, okay? So th this is the Gospel of John, chapter 1. There was a man sent, and this is verse 6, excuse me. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light so that through him all might believe he himself was not that light he came only as a witness to the light okay so that's john and then i'm gonna read and uh so anyway right john's purpose john the baptist's purpose is to prepare the way for the lord right so naturally he would be prophesying and talking about these things to come this new covenant this new kingdom if you will in the new testament coming he was that one to bring that i love in the i love in the uh oh what's it called oh the new uh christian show there the chosen where uh they call him creepy john or weird John. <laughs> I, I love how they do that. <laughs> He's got this wild hair uh, and, uh, you know, barely any clothes. He's out in the wilderness, dirty all the time. I love how that just is so funny, but he's testifying to the truth. And his intention is to lead people to the one to come, the Messiah, right? And he does that mission better than any. So I'm going to move into Matthew 3. And this is entitled, John the Baptist Prepares the Way. Okay, so this is uh, starting in verse 3. Excuse me, no, it's verse 1. Chapter 3, verse 1. In those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. For this is he who has spoken of by the prophet Isaiah when he said, 
the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. And that's a prophecy about John the Baptist, okay? Moving into verse four. Now John wore a garment of camel's hair and a leather belt around his waist, and his food was locusts and wild honey. Then Jerusalem and all Judea and all the region about the Jordan were going out to him. And they were baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. But when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees coming to his baptism, he said to them, You brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Bear fruit in keeping with repentance, and do not presume to say to yourselves, We have Abraham as our father, for I tell you, God is able from these stones to raise up children for Abraham. Okay, so there's a lot there, and it has a lot more current to other stories like the Israel-Palestine thing too, uh, you know, with the Abraham seed. That's something to, we'll do in a later program. But the, the thing is, is how the two sides, uh, John the Baptist calls them out as brood of vipers, Okay. And, of course, the, the Pharisees will go away and call them crazies and crazy, whatever the term for conspiracy theorists of the day is, and discredit them. So you have this big uh, misinformation, disinformation campaign from the Pharisees trying to uh, strike at what challenges their authority, which is John the Baptist. And then we lead into uh, Jesus himself, right? And uh, this is, uh, I'm going to read this because it's very consistent with what we just read in Matthew 3. This is Matthew 23. And this is um, should be red letters in your Bible if you have that. This is the English Standard Version. And this is um, starting with verse 29. And this is Jesus' uh, words. And there's a lot of woes in this chapter. Woe to you. So it's really good. I would highly recommend going brushing up on that after after I give you this little sliver. It's it's pretty good. A lot of warnings there. So anyway, 29. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites. You build the tombs of the prophets and decorate the monuments of the righteous, saying, if we had lived in the days of our fathers, we would not have taken part with them in shedding the blood of the prophets. Thus you witness against yourselves that you are sons of those who murdered the prophets. Fill up then the measure of your fathers, you serpents, you brood of vipers. How are you to escape being sentenced to hell? Therefore I send you prophets and wise men and scribes, some of whom you will kill and crucify, and some you will flog in your synagogues and persecute from town to town. That's pretty convicting. So again, you see the two sides, the truth side and the lie side or the hypocritical side, the hypocrites, right? The ones who pretend to be. And I guess I've been using the word pretend a lot in, to, in today. The people, all these people of authority pretending to always be right because it's never really right. We're in this big denial phase of hurting people with the, you know, all these mandates, whether it was the distancing separating, isolating uh, the masks, which have done damage, particularly to the children, and then the shots, ultimately. All these things did damage in some way, physical, emotional, but phys uh, you know, to the body, physical, especially. That's where you can really see it, right, in the flesh. 
and we're in this denial phase. The authorities are denying. But at the same time, you've got the truth coming up because the truth always comes out eventually because man is a creature that he will have to live one way or another, whether he accepts the truth or not. If he doesn't accept the accept the truth, then he'll probably die by his own foolishness ahead of ahead of his days. Right. And uh, anyway, I just this is what the whole program is about. Hopefully I've kind of given you something to check into. Uh, to, you know, kind of sift your way, almost refute or even propose good arguments against people. Now, right now, there's a big crowd of people that are accepting the truth and they're coming over. Uh, they're accepting it. For example, I met a nurse. Uh, she was religiously inclined, but she had to keep her job, had a kid, uh, probably single mother, bills. And, uh, you know, she was eventually forced she wasn't allowed to have a religious exemption. She was forced into the shot. It was extremely sad, you know. So, and now people like her are, they have a moral injury and probably some side effects. I think she alluded to side effects from the shot that she was forced to, well, coerced to get. And, uh, you know, she's ready to jump on class action lawsuits. So this is what we got to do. We got to uh, bring these people over, make it right. Per the, our laws, our laws are good laws. We just need to follow them and not allow people to, we can't let them get away with it. We can't let the Pharisees of the day get away with these things. They have to, uh, you know, be put to justice, uh, righteous justice. The last thing I'm going to read here is in Luke 4, as I'm, I see I'm running out of time. But as the original conspiracy theorist per the Pharisees is Jesus. And here's a really good verse uh, this is before he really started his ministry. So this is Luke 4, starting with verse 16. So he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up. And as his custom was, he was sent into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up to read. And he was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recover recovery of sight to the blind, to set a liberty, uh, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Then he closed up the book and he gave it back to the uh, attendant and sat down and the eyes of all were who were in the synagogue were fixed on him. And he began to say to them today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. So all bore witness to him and marveled at the gracious words, which proceeded out of his mouth. And they said, is this not Joseph's son? So they're trying to rationalize and say, no, this can't be, this can't be because their foundation was shaken. They couldn't accept that this was in his own town where he grew up. He wasn't accepted as the Messiah, but there it is. He read those verses, and then as, as the story goes, they took him out, and they were about to throw him off a cliff, but it wasn't his time, so he just walked through them. Okay, so anyway, we're dealing with foundational difficulties in uh, you know people's beliefs because there's two lines of information. And I honestly think if people get back into their Bibles and actually believe the, these verses have meaning in today's current world 
you'll start to be able to navigate. And hopefully again, that that's something maybe I gave you, right? I Like I started off with the proverb, nothing's new under the sun, right? That they would lie about the, the Messiah's body, right? So, so wouldn't the authorities try to lie to keep their power nowadays, right? It's pretty obvious. I mean, don't, and then we should, we should hold them accountable, right? Uh, John the Baptist and Jesus held them accountable. They called them out. They called them out. You brood of vipers. Both of them said that. So, you know, we're in this time and there can be great healing and the gospel can be spread in this moment. So I, I just ask for everybody to hang in there, pull in those to the fold that we can, the vaccine injured, uh, you know, the, the uh, you know, people that were supporters of the current administration, but see now that things are extremely painful in this country. So pull them back into the fold, point them in the right direction, uh, pray for wisdom. Let's pray for wisdom. Oh, dear Lord, I just pray for wisdom. Uh, to come back to this nation and this country, Lord. And I pray uh, for open, earnest debate and that we uh, can have can have that debate without getting hot-headed and actually attempt to see each other's positions. I just pray that in Jesus' name, amen. All right, thank you, folks. Hopefully this has been helpful. And uh, going forward, we will talk in another program about Abraham Seed, but I thank you very much. Um, before we end, I just want to again thank the donors. Uh, go ahead and sign up to give donations as your donations have helped many across the nations and your nation's finest uh, battle and, and bring forth these court cases, which will lead into class action lawsuits. So continue to do that. We're getting there. So go to www.truthforhealth.org. Join our crusade. We are silent no more. Sign up for our email alerts and check out all our resources that we provide from medical advice to ministry help and constitutional right information. Thank you. And we will be back with another compelling program. This is Mike Gary signing off. Thank you for joining us today on the Whistleblower Report from Truth for Health Foundation. Check out our website, www.truthforhealth.org. Join our crusade. We are silent no more. We urge you to sign up for our email alerts, donate to support our legal defense work to secure the human and civil rights secured by law and to live our lives in accordance with the U.S. Constitution and God's truth. We are here to bring you hope and solutions for such a time as this with all that is assaulting our way of life. Join us and stand strong against the lies and deception and speak out, get loud, get involved. God bless you, and thank you for joining us.